Okay, here we go. Another cool episode. Episode number 89. Wow, it's crazy. 89. Episode 89. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm here in Los Angeles, California, on the border of Gardena, almost very close to the PEC. And I'm at a very special location. This is one that is rooted in amazing racing history. It's the Shelby Complex out here in Carson. Hello, Hills and Clutch. Good seeing you. Thank you for joining this afternoon. L. Hey, Uwe Pars. Sam, good seeing you. King Sauce. Thanks for the hearts, guys. Appreciate that. Um, and I'm here in a place, a very special place in the back of Carl Shelby's original facility. This is a, a room where for 30 years, Carl Shelby built his own engines. And it's a place called the original Venice Crew Mustangs. And they do wonderful things here. Hello, DJ. Good seeing you. Dustin Fever, good afternoon. Your body, my <laughs> your body, my canvas. Awesome name. We <laughs> parsed say he's my biggest fan. Thank you so much for joining. Appreciate the kind words. Good afternoon to you, Disfit Moves. Alfie, hello, sir. Jiffy Lube in Santa Monica, number 1379. Shout out to you. Thanks for joining. Where am I, says Ui. I am in LA, California. Um, yes, I did get the shirt you dropped off. I'm in LA, California, and thank you for joining us. All the way from the UK, Elo, James Arosa. Hello, R35. I'm in Los Angeles, borderline of Gardena, at the old Carroll Shelby facility. And I'm in a complex known as the original Venice Crew Mustangs. They restore beautiful K Mustangs to these beauties here. Those of you on YouTube, thank you for joining. You can see this live here. But as you look on the side here, there's this very nice Mustang. And I'm going to turn the camera around so you guys can see what I have going on here. Look right, right where I'm facing. Some really cool reproductions, and this is like the known as the OVC Shelby Mustang GT350 competition, and that's what they rebuilt here. The, this car here is amazing. We just did a show recently with them. It was on the Jay Leno's garage, and it's very rare for Jay to even look at these. Um, things are great. Thank you so much for asking. Um, yeah, they're gorgeous, and it's amazing. This thing could get up to 163 miles an hour. It's actually proven, not one of those things where you kind of figure out and test and not make sure that it's happening or not. It makes about 600. 465 horsepower at approximately 6400 rpms and the torque is very similar um, at about 500 424 foot pounds or pound foot of torque which is amazing shout out to fox designs good seeing you guys you know um well out the gate i see my good friend no sukawa is asking do you use intake manifold gasket straight up or do i add sealer to it i use straight up but something i do something a bc thing i do is right around the water passages I put a little dab of RTV on the front and rear on the water passages to give me that best seal. Hunter Guardian, yo, good seeing you. Thanks for joining. Yes, 465 horses in a Mustang with all the beauty that Shelby designed for this. Now independent rear suspension as well that Ford scrapped eons ago, decades ago, and is now brought back. And they're only building, I think like 35 of Are you building only 36 of these, yeah? Only 36 we built, so it's not so bad. It's about 250000 $260,000. So if you, this is something I can appreciate much later on. So it's a very smashing deal indeed. Hello, Jim Genghis Khan. Good seeing you. I know. Well, I don't know if there's one here. I don't see any convertibles. I see a bunch of hard tops. There's some Cobras right next to me here, which we'll go and take a look at in a moment. Um, thank you so much. Good. Oh, my God, you guys are right. Have I worked with Mustang? So I have worked with Ford, of course. We built... If you guys remember, for SEMA, maybe about in 2015, we built an EcoBoost Mustang that made 901 horsepower. 
great power potential for that engine to find out what the four cylinder could do. I had a large, wow, 76 millimeter turbinex turbo on that. But you know what's interesting? It was really laggy, so I didn't like it. It's better with a smaller turbinex turbo where you may hover around the five to 600 range, but it's, you know, spools very nicely. The 900 was great, but it had a very narrow power band. One of the cars I wasn't very proud of from a, an enjoyment perspective. Good boasting power, but wasn't super enjoyable, you know? Hello, RRMS1. Good seeing you. Thank you for joining indeed. And I'm here in Los Angeles at a very special facility. This very same room is where Carl Shelby built engines for over 30 years. And there's a dyno cell back there as well. So the signatures, hopefully I get to put my signature on that wall as well when we leave today. And they have this awesome GT350, but it's not just any GT350. It's known as the OBC Shelby GT350 competition, which is great, you know? I know small turbos give great response, but many times limits the top end power. Um, oh, he says he's always loved cars. That's good. Yo, 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 the blue Subaru. Good seeing you as well. And I love cars too. As you can see, I'm here in a facility where they really have these glorious Mustangs all around me. And I just love cars. And, you know, I love Toyotas and Hondas and Lexi. And I love Acuras and, and Hyundais and Porsches. I just love them all. I just love cars, you know. Amen, Hunter. Rest in peace, Kyle Shelby. You dedicated so much of your life to creating a legacy here on Earth for us enthusiasts. So, yes, rest in peace indeed. Yeah, I love Mustangs as well. Thank you so much. Alan, 3657, thanks for joining. I appreciate that as well. And this Mustang is just not any Mustang. This is a competition version of the GT350, which makes a ton of power. 465, to be exact, 425 pound foot of torque, absolutely sm smashing all motor, NA, you know, um, absolutely amazing. Hey, what's up, Boyoshi? Good seeing you. Yeah, I'm a car freak too, the blue Subaru. What's the best first car, a new Civic or a new Sonata? Hmm, it depends. So, if you're not going to modify this thing at all, the new Sonata is awesome. You know, they, they have the latest Sonata that's supposed to have like some crazy technology in it. And the rear light is very Euro inspired, which is great. But if you're gonna mod like crazy, the Civic, especially the Civic SI, has absolutely smashing aftermarket support. So mod crazy, by all means, the Civic. If you just want something where you don't plan on modding, you just wanna do like some cosmetic stuff, then Sonata's a good buy as well. Um, John Roach, good seeing you. I was hoping to see you this weekend at um, Spocom, but you didn't show up. But some of your friends were there and we spoke highly of you, so I hope you got my greetings. All motor, natural aspirated. Amen. That's what it goes on here. What's my opinion on CSS blocks? Are they good idea on a daily? So other ones, I haven't explored it myself personally. I haven't had a build in house with CSS. You, as you know, I run factory. I do a lot of Golden Eagle sleeving blocks. But I've had customers come over with success with those. But I wouldn't be in the best position because I haven't had intimate knowledge with it yet. Not in my own builds. Maybe that will change soon, you know? Do I collect Hot Wheels or any car brands also? Yes, I do collect quite a few Hot Wheels, especially since we have, I believe, six models of Hot Wheels. Then we have three Civics, we have the Odyssey, we have the Honda City, and we also have an Acura, um, Acura NSX GT3 as well. So since then, I've just been, I've always been a fan of Hot Wheels from childhood, who hasn't? But nowadays that I have my own Hot Wheels, it's something I find near and dear and I tend to collect nowadays, you know? So, Jim Genghis Khan said, my cousin's caper is shutting off because of flex fuel sensor, but it works when the sensor is unplugged. Why? One of two things could happen. Either you have a bad sensor or you have something going on with the input where you're sending that sensor feed into. So I'll do one of two things. 
If you have another sensor handy, plug it in and see if the issue goes away. Or, you know you could choose other circuits, other digital circuits to send the data into the K-Pro for your flex fuel. Try a different circuit and see if your one circuit is burnt out. That's one of the reasons why I really love using standalone ECUs that use new boards, because you never know what happened with your original board. You can have a bad trace, and that could be causing problems for you. So try that. Sensor or moving the pin to another pin where you can see the input. If it still happens, then something else is going on. But one of those two should solve your problem. So Roach, you're asking where I am. I'm in the South Bay, you know, my old stomping grounds. I went to school at Cal State Long Beach, and I used to live out here in Gardena. But I'm the borderline of Gardena, LA, near the PEC. And I'm in a facility known as the original Venice Crew Mustangs. It is, do you remember the Cal, Carol Shelby building in the South Bay, near the, where the Goodyear blimp is? That's where I am, and in the exact room, I actually feel his presence. I'm in the room where Carol Shelby built his engines for 30 years, with a dinosaur right behind here. So it's absolutely fantastic. Uparse say he has all my Beast Motor Hot Wheels. Thank you so much, I appreciate that. Greaser, all the way from Slovakia. Good seeing you, yeah. Sick Mustang, look at this. This thing is gorgeous, it's absolutely smashing. And I'll show you guys another view as well. I'm gonna reverse this. And you see, I'm looking at some beautiful, beautiful classic Mustangs as well. Some nice wild horses, which is great. And you can hear in the background, they're building another one. I don't know if I can show, sorry for you guys on YouTube, you can't see this, but I'm gonna see if I can show you guys over here. They're working on some stuff back there as well. So it's, it's some really cool stuff. And some variety here as well, which is pretty, pretty nice. But um, yeah, great facility. Hello, Alan, good seeing you. Um, they are Exo Truck rebuilding these beautiful classic GT350s. Like a, I mean, this is like the Competition R version. And they're restoring them, modernizing them to some extent, but not taking away the raw classic nature that Shelby intended for these cars to exist with. So they find original chassis, they put them back to factory spec. I'm gonna flip this around here so you can see one that's in, that's like a body in white. You see that right there? So that right there is absolutely fantastic. And they're only going to build 36 of these. So they are not going to be something you can easily get. They will appreciate significantly. And I love cars. It doesn't matter if it's a Porsche, Honda, Hyundai, Lexus, Aston Martin. I love them all, you know? Anyone making Billet K series? There are two outfits I'm familiar with that are making full billet. One is wet and one is dry. But their names tend to escape me right now. Any thoughts on the 2JZ VVTi motors? Yes, I do. They are, think of the 2J, but a crap load of mid-range torque. The VVTi allows for, how should I say, it allows for a good environment to play with cam timing by spreading and closing overlap at leisure using ECU, allowing better breathability and more efficiency. So we've seen as much, I'm telling you, on a mid-boost engine, we've seen as much as 300 wheel horsepower mid-range while using VVTi. And I tend to use the AM Infinity to control that, which is very nice. I'm protected, of course, with Purell, but that's what I do. It's, it's a great setup. So whenever you have a chance, I prefer the VVTi, by all means, you know? Yeah, DA, you're absolutely correct. Good seeing you, DA Motorsports, AKA Robert. Great seeing you recently. Sorry we couldn't chat a bit. I had a gentleman come by we had a meeting with, but um, I should spend some more time with you. But nonetheless, you know? Grace and Ship says, put a 2J on a Mustang. Yeah, that'd be a cool passion project, but there's something to be said about this wonderful engine that they have here. Um, these cars weigh only about 2,780, 2,780 pounds. So it's super lightweight. Um, this all round has a 289 setup in terms of engines. It's really great. They're very rare, extremely rare indeed. 
Hello, F Body Muscle. Um, <laughs> Michael Ray Rector's asked, Do I work on other older cars like an Acura NSX? <laughs> yes, I do. When, you, when I think older cars, older sport compact, I'm thinking like the early, wow, early Honda, super early Honda cores, maybe the CRX with the EW1, maybe as far back as the Honda 600, which we all can work on. But yeah, RSX is not super classic, but yes, we can definitely take care of you there. I am the rear Carlangas from Chile. Good seeing you. Rafael from Brazil. Good seeing you as well. Um, I know the Ford Barra does have tons of opportunity. 1J, 2J is popular because it has a lot of aftermarket support. I think the Barra has a decent one as well. Empire of Japan World. Good seeing you. Porsche Mentality. Good afternoon. Yes, you're absolutely correct. Daily Brooms. BVTI. Absolutely more power, which is smashing. You know? Yeah, we need to, because you know, this SEMA is crazy. I now have six cars, thanks to Hedy, you know. I have six cars to build for SEMA. Guess how many are done? None. <laughs> Full drive car, 2JZ GTE or JZ VVTI. I would still, because of the head and advantages, full race, still take advantage of it, VVTI, whether I'm doing road racing or drag racing, or even drifting. The VVTI is an advancement and a huge advantage as well, you know? Ah, Preet Kumar, good seeing you. Excited for the future projects? Likewise, it's going to be a great theme this year. We have so much going. One sick SI, pure for life. Amen, brother. CVCC, the precursor to VTEC. Yep, that's some old school stuff. Not RSX. RSX is so new. I would even talk about D16A6s as old school compared to RSX. But yeah, CVCC. Texas in the, way, in the place. Ah, Tijuana, Mexico. Good seeing you as well. Leo, brother, good seeing you. Wow, such great friends. I appreciate that. F Body Muscle is asking for a very good question and one that's very timely. My thoughts on the new C8. <sighs> I'm telling you guys, uh, GM knocked it out of the park this time. It is a combination of the balance and track friendliness of a mid-engine with a lot of European and Japanese influence, I expect, I'm so scared, I expect that it's gonna get a lot of JDM heads over to the GM brand with this new body style. Now, I've seen some photos of it in the wild being tested. It doesn't look as, as rich as the press photos from GM, but they're gonna sell a crap ton of these cars. And aftermarket support is gonna be so robust. It's going to be a game changer and it's going to make, it's going to force other manufacturers to step to the plate. So I think it's going to be a good one. Don't be surprised if I pick one of those up. It's going to be great, you know? Um, thoughts on the 97 V6 Mustang. Very underrated. I like the chassis because it's very lightweight, but not a huge performance platform, you know? Yes, Nav Designs, Puro Provida, amen. <laughs> Hello, Mango Speed, good seeing you. Uh, yeah, normal SEMA. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Obi-Wan's is asking, would a D16A6 head need to have extensive work done like valve train porting to make upwards of 300 with a turbo build or would a nice cam be good enough? So Obi-Wan's like, here's what you need to do. If you're just making 300 on an A6, it's very simple. You can leave the port stock. You could leave the intake manifold stock. You can upgrade to an aftermarket one or even put one out of a Y8 on there. You just need to upgrade your valve springs, and if your budget allows your retainers. Valve springs and a cam with a decent turbo, you can make 300, no problem. You don't have to go crazy with the head at all. Buku 35DE, that is an underrated engine 
that doesn't have the aftermarket support that it deserves. I think it can have a lot of potential to making a ton of power. And too bad I don't have a relationship with Nissan because if I did, I'd create a bunch of crazy stuff with that. Hello, Kenny USO. Good seeing you. You're a Ford guy, F-Body Muscle. Well, you will love where I am. I'm an original Venice Crew Mustangs in Los Angeles. These guys, I mean, they've stepped the game up with restorations and really advancing, modernizing these old school competition 350 Mustangs, 350R Mustangs, without taking away the essence or making it you know how some people restore cars and they fuse modern technology, but they kind of um, make the cars very dull and disconnected? Oh, you feel connected to the road with this thing. You feel connected with all 465 horsepower of it. It's, it's a wonderful platform, and they've, they've found that sweet spot between the raw acceleration and the modern amenities that make it very enjoyable to drive. While keeping, uh, or while implementing the independent rear suspension in it as well, which is amazing, you know? Brian's asking, do you think Toyota could have improved on the Supra? Is it find a way it is? Well, there's always opportunity for improvement. Now, I, unlike many enthusiasts, I'm not against the sharing of components and technology with BMW. I think it's a win for both parties. Also saves on cost and we all can learn, but as you see as, as the model, the new Mark V improves and, and, and matures, you will see improvements, which I think is a great win for everyone involved, you know? Oh yeah, Daily Broom just asking thoughts on the Mark V Supra, same thing. Um, ah, what's the story on the Alteza here? Well, as you know, even I'm here at the original Venice Crew Mustangs, um, they're hardcore enthusiasts as well. So this is one of the guys who does a lot of fabrication here, and he, smashing gentleman, and he has a 2JZ VVTi manual in this, and he's going to track the crap out of it. So, just like me, they love a variety of cars. Um, okay, yeah, I want to answer that. Hello, Crusade, Crusade Bear, GTR, good seeing you. Crafts Motion, hello neighbor, good seeing you, hope all is well. Um, Toyota Chaser, not much experience with that model, that Japanese model, so I don't have much to share about that, you know? Preet Kumar said GM had to reinvent the Corvette. They are relying on literally dying demographic. They need to reinvent their car to make the Corvette a car that people would desire, and you're absolutely correct, Preet. And I think they hit the nail on the head. This car will appeal to a youth market. And just organically, without influence, without much, without any quirksing, people are sharing this stuff everywhere. You hear that? They're fabricating. It's awesome. But it's going to do well. I feel, I know customers of mine who are hardcore JDM people who are interested in buying the C8. It's going to change some things. It's going to change the industry very nicely, you know? Which is pretty nice. So EP3 Type R says you do like Ford. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I believe some people, you know, treat marquees like a religion. I'm a car guy with his Ford, Lada, um, Skoda, Peugeot, Nissan. I love them all. Even Teslas. I love them all. I just love cars. I love going fast. And I love technology. So I'm not marquee specific. As you can see, my garage, I have Hyundais, I have Porsches, I have Hondas, I have Nissans. Well, I had a Nissan there. Um, I, I, I'm partial to everything. I, I love all cars. And that's why I'm here. C8 or new Supra? Ooh, just because of the forward-thinking design and similar price potential for the purchaser, a lot more power, and a mid-engine layout, I'd have to go C8. <laughs> That's what I'd have to do, you know? Uh, so, Iron Lungs has a good question. He says, my F20B, good choice, by the way, is at 191 horsepower on pump gas. What should be the next thing to focus on for torque at this point? CB7 Coupe, flex fuel. Pick up some power by going E85. And then, if you can, I don't know what camshafts you're running, 
but uh, you can upgrade your camshafts. We have some special designs for you as well. And as you go to E85, protect your engine properly. Get some pure oil. Those guys' stuff is awesome. That's why I use my stuff. That's what the hat I'm wearing, I'm representing. I love those guys. So you can protect it. It has a high-zinc formula. Doesn't contaminate catalysts if you still have one because it doesn't disassociate very easily from this base compound and the zinc. So you have no problems with killing your catalyst at all. So that's the way to go. Um, Jim Genghis Khan. Oh, you're running a little bit late like Kevin. Yeah, I talked a little bit about the C8. I think it's a game changer, you know? K20, going all motor, going 300, will it affect street ability? It depends, Orlando S2K, on what you can tolerate. A 300 horsepower wheel, K series will have a very loopy idle. Can be done. If you're on AC, it may be a bit of a challenge to idle, but it depends on your, what you can tolerate. If you're the kind of guy who wants a bone stock sounding car, no. You have to go boost to get that. But if you don't mind a loopy idle and being able to have fun and having a slightly lower RPM, like a lack of torque, then that's the way to go. By all means, you can do it. Mako Reactor says, I'm definitely going to come down one of these days and see what can be done to my baby. I'd be more than happy to help you and hopefully exceed your expectations. Dennis, good seeing you. I bet you would turbo smart to take a C8. <laughs> a boost, that thing is going to set, that new C8 is going to set the aftermarket on fire. You know? I don't know, Jim Gagas. Whoever does it, it's going to be pretty cool. Mid engines are not fun. But you know, how dope would it be if I did my Beast Motor Love to a C8 and had two turbos hanging out the rear of a C8? How dope would that be, you know? Zero Scale said, I love your idea of boost per gear. Yes, you know, with a car like this, you know, these, these wonderful competition GT350s, being natural aspirated, you can kind of, even though it's a handful, you can kind of get used to NA power, but when you start going boost and it's like pushing five, six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand horsepower, it's not a lot of fun in low, low gears. It, it, you lose traction in a real drive application, you can get kind of dangerous. So boost per gear allows for a pseudo traction control setup and it's very nice. So you can do that using a proper engine management. You guys don't know AEM is my, my management of choice. Yep, Orlando S2K Caymans are awesome. I love those cars. And that's why even today, to advertise and talk about my Tech Tuesday, I use my, my silver Cayman S, my 987S. Absolutely fantastic, you know? What's the Beige H-Series to start a build for daily driving and track? H-22, because it has a displacement more than F-20B, and also the H-22 has decent aftermarket support, so that would be the way to go. But in today's day and age, what we have available, if your budget and, and engine compartment allows, a K would be more bang for buck. So it's something to think about. Um, thank you so much, Zero Skills 25 who loves what we do. Appreciate that indeed. Um, let's see. What power mods can I do to my 2010 Acura TSX four-cylinder? Oh, it depends on your goal. So for TSX, you have many options. Supercharged, turbocharged, natural aspirated. There's so many flash capabilities there. Um, K-Tuner has a very nice flash for you as well. There's so much you can do. It depends on your goal. Think about what your goal is in terms of what you plan on doing the car. Is it a street strip car, street only, track only? Are you doing drag racing, road racing? Um, are you just doing canyon carving, autocrossing? It depends. And that can allow me to get a better understanding of your project and point you in the right direction. You know? Um, Dustin Fever saying, are your parts that are breaking on your overpowered wagon billet parts? And do you think billet will fix your issues? Just curious because there's a lot of billet trans diff parts coming out now. Yes, so Dustin Fever, to answer your question, I will go back to my first wagon build. So you guys of you, those of you remember my blue wagon, the two-wheel drive D-series, May 725 or so. Um, in 2008, 
the biggest complaint I got above and beyond the cost of how much it cost me to build that build was that a lot of parts I used were one-off. Now, I get it. I created those parts because I wanted to provide all of you an opportunity to purchase and partner with some of my partners and do great things. But people complain so much on the forums that, oh my God, BC, all these parts are bespoke. I said, okay, the next one I build, I'll use as many factory parts as possible to push the envelope and allow you guys to replicate it very easily. Well, guess what happened? I'm destroying factory components. I'm destroying factory axles. I'm destroying factory clutch packs in the back of the CRV differential. So what have I done? I haven't got to a point where I need billets yet. I'm now upgrading axles. So our friends from Insane Shafts is making some custom axles so I don't break the factory ones anymore. Um, Automotive KMD did a great job because we just did a television show last week where a very, very popular celebrity beat the crap out of the wagon with me in it and the clutches held while the clutches before just disintegrated. So the aftermarket clutches via Automotive KMD in combination with our friends from Racing Diffs fixed that problem. And my goal, I'm at 772 now, my goal is to get to 850 wheel by cranking up the boost a little bit more. And that's what my current fuel system will handle. And I just want to make sure that everything is good for now. So um, Kevin, ITV Kevin is here. He's helping with the gearbox and whatnot to get the final drive to be much more high speed friendly. And we should have a lot of fun with it. So I'm not at a point where I'm breaking, thank goodness, I'm not breaking housings of the rear ends yet. I'm not breaking transfer cases yet. I'm not breaking bell housings yet. I'm not there. I just don't have that problem yet. So billet is not in my cards as we sit right now. Thoughts about RB6 on a 97 Mustang? I think it would be cool. RB6 is a very heavy engine, being an iron block. You have other options out there for inline sixes if you wanted to, or even V6 applications, but it would be really a cool project. The purists will hate you, Wadey, <laughs> but hey, it's your car. I think it's cool, especially if done right. So by all means, have fun. I think it's a good project. It'll be really cool. And you'll get your attention from both the JDM and domestic guys. I think it'll be really cool. What's the best portion for someone to start off with, says JDM Archaeologist. Good price and modification ability. So if I understand correctly, JDM Archaeologist, you want something that is a good base portion to start off with, is mod friendly, and I'm sure you want something that's fairly comfortable. The car that blew me away really are Porsche mid-engine vehicles. It handles amazingly well, takes the mods very nicely, and has a decent, decent aftermarket support. And I'll say it's the probably 987 Cayman S. You can get those for upper teens, low 20s. And from a aesthetics perspective, there's a slew of parts there. From a, an engineering perspective, there are a lot of parts, engine management, there's a lot of parts out there. We even have a plug and play set up for you. Um, turbo kits, I haven't released those yet because I don't know how the demand is going to fare. But there's so much opportunity there. That's a good one to get. If I had to start again, even though my first Porsche was a Boxster S, um, I would go with a lighter weight Cayman S, which is pretty cool, you know? What about reinforcing the drive shaft? Well, um, I don't have a problem. He's talking about the wagon, Lone Wolf. I don't have a problem with that. I have a drive, drive, drive shaft Pro, maybe a custom drive shaft, which is robust. It's just fine. Um, the axles are the challenges I have in the rear, is what I had, you know? Road Race Pepper is saying, I'm building a Y8 VTEC head with an A6 block on my track SI. My power goal is 130. Which is stage two, stage three, camshaft be more suitable for road racing? So 
if you have a Y8 VTEC head, your level three is the way to go. We've had customers make 120 to 134 wheel horsepower with level three cam. So by all my own level three cam, it will give you the mid-range you desire without sacrificing too much bottom end. But here's the caveat. You have to run our pro springs and retainers. Um, if you run factory springs and retainers, you will float. It's a pretty aggressive cam. So level three BC motor cam is the way to go, Rarys Peppers, and we look forward to your success, you know? Ford V6 twin turbo EcoBoost in 240. Now that's a good idea. That EcoBoost Ford engine is pretty cool, you know? Um, very, very cool indeed. Uh, well, Kevin, we don't know that. We'll find out soon. <laughs> we'll find out soon, won't we? Balboa 2018, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Club 5500 RPMs, good seeing you. And thanks for joining me here. I am in a beautiful facility. This, for those of you who know Carl Shelby, a legend, just his legacy will live on for forever. And he even pioneered, you know how we do crazy swaps? He's the original swap king, taking large engines and stuffing them in small chassis and just going bananas. Hence the Cobra and the Sunbeams and all that fun stuff. But I'm in a very glorious place. This very same facility, this place where I'm sitting, this hollowed ground I'm in now, is where Shelby built engines himself for 30 plus years with an engine cell behind me. And now I'm, this facility has been redubbed as the original Venice Crew Mustangs facility. And they are absolutely doing a smashing job with 36 custom restorations of a GT350 competition, which is amazing, with independent rear suspension, a smashing, I'm looking right here, these cars are all around me, they're absolutely gorgeous, a smashing setup here, um, 2,700 pounds, they're about 462 horsepower, absolutely smashing indeed, you know? I look forward to exceeding your expectations, Road Race Peppers, good seeing you. <laughs> Jim Gagex Khan says, horsepower sell cars, torque wins races. Kyle Shelby, and you'd be pleased to know, this thing makes almost as much horse, um, torque as horsepower. Um, as a matter of fact, and it's very balanced. It's got 51-49 weight balance ratio, which is amazing, and uh, makes about 425 foot-pounds of torque. Amazing indeed, you know. Um, shove the cars. Hey, we'll, we'll take a look afterwards. There's even, look what's behind me, Orlando. Look at this. Look at what I'm looking at. Look how gorgeous that is. Absolutely beautiful cars around here, you know. Ryan sells fishing says I want to F series swap my RD1 Honda and keep the real time forward drive. Any suggestions? So you want to do an F swap? Let's see. What's the most clever way to do? You would need, of course, I assume that you have the original B series engine in that. So you need a Doppler plate system. You have to modify because that 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 transfer case is pretty intrusive. So you might have to modify the adapter plate system very slightly, but you know the adapter plate systems we pioneered in the Honda world, the HTBs, that's what you need. And you'll be fine. You'll be able to do that, because the F-Series, and I assume you mean the F-Series of F22A, because if you mean F20C, it turns the wrong direction. Those turn clockwise. You need a counterclockwise turning engine. You can't be doing an HTB kit, by all means, indeed, you know? When tuning ECMs, do you also look at emissions NOXs readings for possible detonation, or how do you manage that? Great question, Beaumont. So when it comes to, when I do street legal tunes, yes, I do pay attention to NOXs. But how do I monitor and keep detonation at bay? Using a NOX sensor. So NOX sensors are glorified microphones that we attach to the head. And ideally, I tend to place them closer to the top of the cylinder, closer to the head, on a cylinder that is typically the hottest. 
So if you see those kind of those um, uh, inline six BMW engines, it's the one that's close to the firewall. If you look at an inline four Honda or Toyota engine, it's cylinder three because the firing order is 1342 and number three cylinder never has a chance to cool down. So that tends to be the hottest cylinder and the one that tends to be misbehaved the most. Then I define windows using my software. So I can use like an AM Infinity or AM Series 2. And based upon the rotation of the full auto cycle, I can designate windows for firing order to know which one is knocking and address that cylinder individually. I can do sweeps with low load and low um, stress areas to see what my tuning window needs to look like for my knock floor. And then as I define a knock floor that's slightly higher than that, whenever I exceed that knock floor, hence knock, hence noise coming up in the cylinder, I tend to add fuel and retard timing to keep that cylinder safe. I'm not a huge advocate of global, unless my ECU doesn't allow me to do individual cylinder tuning, but I'm not a big advocate of global knock sensing and global fixation, because not all cylinders knock at the same time. I love individual cylinder tuning and addressing knock accordingly there. So that's how I manage it. Very simple. That's why, guys, you see me say I hate some freeware, I hate ECUs that don't allow me to do knock sensing because I can't do the best job for my customers. Any ECU, like some of those ones where you have socketed ECUs and so so forth, I just can't address knock per cylinder or drive my own unique knock curve based upon a setup. And you can't do a global knock by, by all means. Why can't you? Because I may have a car, I may have a Mustang that has standard poly mounts and I can tune for that. And then I have another Mustang next to me that may have solid mounts. And with solid mounts, I introduce more noise, and the ECU may see that as knock and start pulling timing and adding fuel, and it's not ideal. So you want to be able to, for that setup, customize an ideal knock floor and make things great. Thanks for all the hearts, guys. Appreciate that. You know? Weight balance on the Waggle Van. It's actually quite, quite nice. Um, if my memory serves me correctly, it was like a, ooh. It was biased towards the front. It was like a 58-42, more front bias, which is pretty nice. So, which is not bad because when I travel forward, it pushes to the back and then your turbo fans does a good job in helping me create more downforce. So, it's to my advantage. I will drive Civic, FTW. I don't like Hondas normally. <laughs> yeah, MR2. You know, I love MR2s. You know, MR2 was the first car, AW11 was the first car I wanted when I came to US. How cool is that? Hello, Empire Boss, good seeing you. You got an F20B, Ryan? Good project, good setup indeed. DB Films asking, hey, BC, what's going on? Sir, I am actually in heaven here. I'm in a wonderful facility in the border of Los Angeles and Gardena, California, the Carroll Shelby complex, but inside, I'm in a night with a great team here, the original Venice Crew Mustangs, where they restore impeccably these GT350 competition vehicles with a, you know I love power. You know I'm a power-hungry person. This thing, I mean, over mid-400s horsepower, natural aspirated, raw enough to whereby you can feel connected to the road and the vehicle, but modern enough to where you can enjoy it at leisure. Absolutely fantastic, you know? Nitro Solar says, what's my opinion on copper spray for head gaskets? I've done that in the past, especially when I have sleeves that are proud of the deck. You know how, you know, for example, Go Eagle. I usually, when they sleeve my block, I have them have the cinder sleeve proud about three, three thou up from the deck. And what that does, it doesn't give me the best seal with the dry gaskets around the oil passages and cooling. So I use copper spray there. Sometimes I use Hylomar, but um, I think it's a good thing. Also, when in a pinch, and I say in a pinch, I'm at the racetrack, I have to pull my head, I have no other gaskets. A copper spray up on top and bottom and between layers has helped me reuse the gasket once. 
That's how it works away, you know? Ah, <laughs> would you just look at, at it, be model? <laughs> You're so funny. Um, nice view for Sydney. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Super the card. Good seeing you as well. My pleasure indeed, Beaumont. Um, let's see. Sleeper Ink. Good question. 2.8 liter. 12 valve VR6 with precision. 6137. Nice 6AR. Good turbo. Do I bore to 2.9, 2.0? I keep the 2.8. Also, want to boost onto 8500 red line. Also, what CDI is good to use the AM5 on this setup? Okay. It depends. So, if your engine is apart, the bigger the better. Go with a 3.0, as long as you don't compromise seal. So, if you're doing this by making the cinder sleeves thinner, pay attention to the gasket surface and what you have for clamping. Okay? Go bigger, it'll help you tremendously all across the board. It'll allow you to make more power, less boost. It'll also give a lot more bottom end torque, which is great. In terms of CDI, it depends. So, if you want coil unplugged, you can get away with so many opportunities. You can get some from Denso, you can use some of the Honda coils, and whether you're looking at a K series, um, you're looking at something from uh, um, the V6 Accords, um, you're looking at something from, uh, let's say, the Fits, or you're looking at something from um, uh, even the HRVs. They all have different lengths. You can find a coil unplugged that can work well. Also, a very cost effective is, you know, the, the VAG coils that Audi uses for, let's say, some of the R8s? Those don't even require the bolt on. You can just push them in, but the length is pretty, pretty long. Get one of those from Wrecking Yard, borrow one from one of your friends from somewhere, a shop, whatever the case may be, and see if that fits into your tunnel. That is a very nice opportunity for a direct coil plug in an application like that. If none of those work, you can also get the AEM um, CDI coils, which look like LS ones. They're pretty robust. Um, those are IGBT coils, and those things are so robust. The spark energy is over... I think 135 millijoules of energy for a spark. They can even handle very high dwell for short periods of time. Those things I joke around could ignite water. But whether you're looking at VAG, we've pushed up to 200 horsepower per cylinder on VAG coils, and the Denso Honda-based coils, we've done over 250 per cylinder, and the AM stuff is just ridiculous. So you have many options, depending on the look you want and what you want to achieve, which is great. Um, what are your thoughts on turboing a 12.0 to 1 competition, uh, com compression engine? I think it's fantastic. One thing about high compression turbochargers is that it allows you to make very efficient power. Lag is not so bad. You have amazing throttle response, but tuning is key. You can cheat the dynamic by using a very large camshaft to keep the dynamic a little bit lower than ideal, um, to whereby you keep detonation at bay. I'm a huge advocate of also using E85 or E90 for that kind of compression, but it is wonderful. Tuning is key. I just talked about knock. You have to really pay attention to that. It's very, very important, you know? Do you like twin single turbo or twin turbo for a classic 934 setup? I love twin turbos. And plus, if you're using a flat six, which I assume you are, it's really straightforward to take one bank and feed and the other bank and feed. It makes for a very appealing Porsche setup and also it kind of stays in the same vein of what Porsche did both on and off the track. Even though they did have a few 934s with a single, we're using a twin scroll, but I like twins. That's the way to go. J. Ken is asking, how's my day going? J. Ken 5482, smashing. I'm in a wonderful facility with a great crew. I'm surrounded by beautiful examples of Mustangs and more. I'm at original Venice Crew Mustangs where they restore impeccably well these wonderful GT350s. They're only going to make 36 of these examples, and that's it. In true Shelby fashion, which is absolutely fantastic. How bad is anti-lag for an engine and turbo? So, D-Ling, it's hard. It's murder on exhaust valves. 
because of course you're bypassing retarded time and igniting in the combustion chamber outside of it towards the exhaust in the turbine. It's hard on blades, hard on turbo shafts and bearings. It's just hard. So I do it sparingly, but it does, it does you know, especially on turbo applications, if you're gonna do it a lot, especially with racing, or even if you're driving on the street, you may want to use inconel exhaust valves. You know, hit up our friends from Supertech, get some inconel exhaust valves that helps not warp the valves easily because the stainless steel just can't handle that kind of heat. It's hard on turbines. It's just hard on parts. So do it once in a while. Just don't sit on it every day. It can really shorten the life of your engine and your turbocharger. Nice to be with you as well, Empire Boss. Thank you so much. MJ Photograph, hello, neighbor. Good seeing you. I'm out here in Carson. Borderline Cars and Gardena, Los Angeles, wonderful facility indeed. Uh, so many questions. What's up, Mr. Deuce? Good seeing you as well. Um, Jim Nuggets kind of things. I'm making 15 PSI on launch control at 5K RPM. I want to turn it down to about 8 pounds. How can I do that? Running Link EC. Oh, Link EC is actually a pretty good one. So on launch control, you want to do that. So if you're using launch control, I assume you're anti-lagging. If you want to reduce it from 15 PSI to 8 pounds, don't pull as much timing out. For example, if you're pulling... 15 inches, well, 15 inches, shame on me. 15 degrees of timing at launch, try 10, try five, and data log it so you can see where your boost comes down. That way, you're not blowing tires away or doing more, more, much more damage to your setup. Um, also, another way to do it is you can lower your RPM as well, you know? But if you wanna stay at 5,000 RPMs, reduce the amount of time you're pulling out and you will be good to go, you know? What turbo size would you go with with such a setup? High compression turbo, that is a Toyo VR V6. Depends on your power potential, Motorsports Detailing. Let me know what power you plan on making, and I can point you in the right direction. Famijo saying, hello, sir. Lots of respect for your knowledge. And Moz, cheers from Brunel, Malaysia. Good seeing you. Thank you so much for joining us all the way across the pond. And really, my knowledge is based upon my experience. Even recently, as you can see, I think our ITB Kevin is here. I'm even learning about connecting rods and failure on connecting rods because I haven't had much failure with that. And today I even stand educated on that as I visit our friends at Eagle. So it's fantastic. I constantly learn and I'm here to provide that knowledge because I wish I had this when I was growing up into cars. I wish I had the capability of having someone like me when I was much younger because I would have gone much more further. So as you know, on every Tech Tuesday, I tend to encourage all of you to be that person you needed when you were younger and great things can happen. Sal, good seeing you, sir. Great seeing you this weekend as well. I need to get you some oil, sir. Cobra Kai, good seeing you as well at Spokane. We had a great time there. 500 horsepower max is what you want to do. You can get away with 54 millimeter precision or turbinetic. 54 millimeter, you can do it. It'll be amazing in terms of spool. And if you want to do it a little easier, you can probably push up to 62 millimeter, but you may start getting a little laggy. 54, 57, just in that area, you'll be fine. Um, Pro Touring Ford is asking, would this be a bad time to ask me about the C8 Corvette? Because I'm surrounded by beautiful Mustangs. No, but you know what? You just missed it. I had a nice, nice conversation about that, but I'll give you a very quick synapse of what I talked about. C8 is really great because it's a mid-engine. GM knocked it out of the park. The price point is amazing. The factory power is amazing. A supercharged version, turbocharged version will blow it out of the water. Mid-engine very Italian in terms of design, very Euro, and for the first time, GM is gonna attract a lot of JDM clients. I'm about, I have a lot of customers who already are gonna purchase that car, and it's gonna be mod crazy. From aesthetics to engine, it's gonna be a wonderful platform. People are gonna have a lot of fun, you know? 
You should bring out the wagon to the old school Honda EF meet in a couple weeks. Let me know where it is. I will come out and do that. Yeah, 54 to 57 millimeter turbonetics would be the way to go, sir. What is your opinion on a Pops Bang map? I put one in, but it's done with exhaust brake and not ignition cut. Is that good or bad long term? So, DB Films, I guess you're talking about the burble that's so popular nowadays. People are doing that. It doesn't hurt anything. So what they're doing is, on the ignition map, in the low vacuum, very low vacuum regions, they are pulling timing and adding fuel, and it doesn't hurt anything. It's, it's not a bad thing. Some OEMs are doing it factory. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not using ignition cut. It's using very clever dynamics of the engine, retardation of ignition timing, and adding a little fuel, and it pops and bangs in diesel. So, it's not bad at all. Not bad at all. In Lake Forest, not too far at all. Not too far at all. Yeah, do send me the flyer. If I'm not tied up that weekend, let me know. I am traveling on the weekend of the 1st, uh, to Minneapolis. I'm doing a speaking engagement there uh, with some engineers and uh, some other staff members, students, and also recent graduates about technology. And then I'll be back. And the following weekend, I think I have something big going on, but if I can come by, I'd love to go to the EFB and check it out, you know? Um, also because where the dry sump on the Corvette that would limit mods for the C8, well, whether it's dry or wet, it, it wouldn't. You can always have fun. Patman13 is asking a very interesting question, and that may end this because I'm getting kind of late on time here, but any plans on working on something hybrid? Oh, that's my fault, Patman13. My fault indeed, because I haven't done a good job in sharing my hybrid roots. So the first car that I built from an OEM manufacturer, first car ever, was a Honda CRZ. And we took a 200 horse, not even 200, less than 200 horsepower CRZ hybrid, and took it to 533 horsepower and kept the hybrid system intact. We focused on the petrol engine, sized the turbocharger in such a way that when you're cruising, you don't use much more energy because you're cruising in vacuum, and hence increasing the amount of mile per gallons that we, exceed, that we found in cruising because we took away all the restrictions of the intake and exhaust. And then when you go past 30% throttle, the boost comes on, it was amazing. We were destroying transmissions left and right. So it's my fault. Hello, Sheepy, good seeing you. It was my fault for not doing a good job in keeping that alive. So I'm going to stop posting on that, you know, which is crazy, crazy, you know? Um, so that being said, I also, two years ago, did a hypermiling project with Hyundai. We took a hybrid, Ionic, which I drove today, start off with a setup that made about 48 miles per gallon and took it to 83. And they took it to the proving grounds to verify, which is great. Oh, my dad's here. Hello, Chief Emmy. Good seeing you. I'm sorry it's cutting off back home. We need to do some great things with our, with our technology back home in Nigeria. It's quite unfortunate. Hello, Dad. Good seeing you. I'll call you soon, Dad. Um, um, any sales of Sheepy K20 manifolds? Sheepy, that's for you to answer. I don't know if you have anything on sales, <laughs> on sale right now. Um, can you add a fuel to designated cylinder or any type of fuel injection, meaning group, prior injection? Does it have to be OBD2 or can that option be OBD1? So, Beaumont, you can. If you can add additional port injectors if the drivers exist in the ECU. And most factory setups don't have those drivers. I've seen a lot of VAG stuff, like stuff the ECUs you'll see in the, in the newer UOR, um, Golf Rs. Those have the capability of the drivers for the US model to stay direct injection and to add port injection. So you have those. Typically, I add standalones. Sometimes I add via standalone. And you can, we were talking about link. You can do that with link. And many a times, you can eliminate the direct injection and stay with port injection of eight injectors on the inline four. So it can be done indeed, you know? 
No, Ruiz, I'm not at West Coast Customs. I'm a place vastly advanced than that. I'm here at the original Venice Crew Mustangs in the Carol Shelby Motors complex, but on Carson, LA, and Gardena. They restore these Mustangs. Look, look, behind, look at what I'm looking at, just so you guys can see the beauty of what I'm looking at. Look at what's facing me. Two beautiful, beautiful restored Mustangs. And there's another beautiful one right behind me that's gonna be extremely popular, sorry, that um, makes a good 460 horsepower plus, 420 plus foot-pounds of torque, naturally aspirated, keeps it connected to the road, and doesn't take away the essence that Carl Shelby meant for these cars to exist. That was absolutely fantastic. Hello, Deadpool. Why not? Good seeing you. You know, what turbo do you like? Old school 1956 Carmen Ghia 2500 cc. Once again, depends on power potential. You know what you should do on the Ghia, especially since you're air cooled. Use E85. Air cooled engines love E85. Love them indeed. No, I'm not a Tesla, Louise. You're a troublemaker, Louise. <laughs> you know. Oh, Captain Ruckus is asking, what's my opinion on rotaries? Mostly speaking on a 13B turbo. I know with all the new billet parts they're making, massive comeback, Eccentric Motorsports in Connorsville, Indiana does top-notch work. That's good. I'm not familiar with that facility, but here's my take on rotary engines. The Wanko engines are amazing. Lightweight. Make what I love. Some people don't like the sound. I love, there's nothing that to me sounds better than a peripheral port 13B. Very few moving parts, especially when compared to its piston counterparts and has done so much damage even 13B, 20B, 26B configuration that they've been banned, which I love, in so many sanctioning bodies. So I think it's fantastic. I know the emissions and the heat they generate and noise were a little bit of a handful, but I think they're fantastic engines. And I look forward to the day where I can have a strong partnership, better partnership with the Mazda, so I can build one of those and put my modern take on them, you know? So that being said, guys, I must depart. I want to thank everyone here at this wonderful facility, you know, I, the team is here, they're working away. The original Venice Bay Customs, I mean, uh, Venice Crew, Mustangs, they're here. They've been just a great host for me. I love seeing the car, I love interacting with them. And let me know if you'd like me to come back and do a walk around this facility. I'd love to be able to do that with them. Hello, Ricky Nitro Solar. Thank you for joining me on this fantastic 89th episode of Beast Mode Tech Tuesday. It'll be up here for another 24 hours. It'll also be uploaded immediately to all your favorite podcast networks, whether it's Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. Thank you so much, guys. As Nitro Solar said, peace and stay tuned. Enjoy the rest of your day as well, J. Ken and the rest of the crew. Take care now. Cheers.